everyone, I'm Troy Dodds and welcome to another edition of Weekender Wireless. We produce episodes of Weekender Wireless whenever there's a big topic to discuss and this is indeed our fifth podcast on the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on Penrith. Weekender Wireless sits alongside the suite of offerings the Weekender has to the community, including our highly respected print edition, plus our website and social media offerings. Now, we know that you can get your COVID-19 news from a whole variety of places, but what we try and do here on Weekender Wireless, as always, is give you a localised viewpoint and how it all impacts Penrith. And at the moment, while the virus is circulating right around Sydney and has a big concentration in that Fairfield and southwestern Sydney area, I guess lockdown is the main thing on people's minds here in Penrith, although there are cases in the local community and we will talk about those in just a moment. But the lockdown is obviously the thing that uh, that is concerning everyone at the moment and uh, we just of course want to have a look at all of the things there that, um, that are impacting everyone and, and the rules and things like that. Now as we know, there are four reasons to leave your home at the moment, only four. They are shopping for food or other essential goods and services, and that's one person from the household only. So it's not an outing for husband, wife, and grandma, um, even if you are living in the same household, to go along. So that's one person from each household. Uh, The other reason, medical care or compassionate needs. Only one visitor can enter another residence to fulfill carer's responsibilities or provide care or assistance or for compassionate reasons. Exercise with no more than two unless they're members of the same household. So you can go for a walk with a friend. Um, you could go for a walk with a friend who also brings her husband along who is um, you know, from the same household. But certainly um, you can't have four or five people from different households gathering together. And essential work or education when you cannot study or work from home. Now that latest point there on working from home, that is one that is having a big change this week. Now, we know that a lot of people are already working from home, but we've also heard anecdotally here in Penrith of circumstances where people aren't working from home and they probably could. Uh, Well, from 12.01am on Wednesday, the 21st of July, employers must allow employees to work from home if the employee is able to do so. And failure to do so can result in a fine of up to $10,000. So previously... You probably saw a lot of businesses were just doing this if it was easy enough, but some were saying, oh, look, it's just too hard. We're not going to bother. Well, now you have to, basically. If the employee uh, has the ability to work from home, then it must happen. Failure to do so, a $10,000 fine for the employer. Now, that's all fine for uh, for general office workers and, and whatnot and, um, and things like that. Obviously, not the case if you're um, operating a, a physio uh, business or uh, you're a doctor or something like that that is an essential service and is open but you can't do it from home of course but uh, but bit of common sense there in relation to uh, to offices now the big news that of course happened over the weekend was we saw this pause on construction across Sydney now this this is huge because it essentially brings the city to a grinding halt. Um, construction um, and the amount of construction is a pretty good sign of how your economy is travelling and how your state's hap- uh, going along. So the fact that nothing is happening right now tells you where we're at in New South Wales. But yes, from 12.01am today, that's Monday the 19th of July, we saw all construction paused and all non-urgent maintenance, including cleaning services and repair work, um, needs to be paused as well. Now, there is a bit of confusion over this. I think they're looking for common sense here. Uh, from what I've been told, if you are halfway through a bathroom renovation and you don't have a toilet connected, 
well, that renovation can, can be completed to at least get you a, a toilet operating. Um, but if you're about to start a bathroom renovation or get a pool in or get your trees cut down or something like that, that just can't happen over the next couple of weeks. Now, there's obviously some some silliness that goes along with this as well, but I think they just sometimes need to put a whole blanket over the whole thing so they know that, look, this is just where we're at. And when I say silliness, I'm talking about a lawnmower man um, or lady who can't at the moment service their clients. They can't go along and mow some lawns, despite the fact that they are working outside and they may never see uh, that person from the household. But unfortunately, they're the rules in place. So that was in uh, place from today, all construction being paused. We also saw from midnight yesterday, so 11.59pm on Saturday, the 17th of July, midnight on Sunday, the 18th, that retail premises were required to close except for a certain number of stores. Now, this brought to an end a big debate that had been happening in regards to retail and the fact that you've had handbag shops and um, $2 shops and random shops still open during the pandemic lockdown. And people were saying, well, hang on, you can't have these businesses open during a lockdown because of possibility of transmission and whatnot. The reality is there hasn't been um, any transmission in a retail setting um, that would have been closed under these rules since the start of this outbreak, but the optics obviously weren't good and the government needed to act. So retail premises that can remain open are supermarkets and grocery stores. Now this includes butchers, bakeries, fruit and veggie shops, liquor stores and fishmongers, stores that predominantly sell health, medical, maternity and infant supplies, pharmacies and chemists, they can stay open, uh, petrol stations, car hire, banks and financial institutions, hardware, nurseries and building supplies, agricultural and rural supplies, pet supplies, post office and news post offices that is and news agents can remain open and uh, office supply stores can remain open as well. So they're the only businesses that can stay open in terms in, in a retail setting. Uh, now other businesses can do click and collect, takeaway and home delivery of course. And uh, the other thing is as well, that in addition to the stay-at-home rules, we saw some other rules implemented over the weekend. Residents of Fairfield, Canterbury, Bankstown and Liverpool LGAs cannot leave their LGA. Now, there is a list of essential workers that can leave those areas and go to work, but if you just have a, a, a run-of-the-mill job, you essentially cannot leave those LGAs anymore. Now, anyone who leaves the home must have a mask with them at all times at the moment. Now, this includes if you're just going for a bit of a run by yourself. You don't have to wear the mask, but you do have to take it with you in case that you run into a situation where you can't uh, socially distance. So they must be worn when you are uh, working outdoors, uh, in indoor markets, outdoor shopping strips, and in indoor queues, sorry, outdoor queues waiting for products such as coffee and food. And of course, if you're indoors waiting for coffee, you should be wearing a mask anyway. And the other one is too, all carpooling must be stopped unless they're members of the same household. So uh, no carpooling. So that does mean that if you were going for a walk with a friend and you were driving down maybe to do the river walk, you both need to drive separately. You can't drive together, no carpooling. So Look, this is all in place across Greater Sydney, the Central Coast, Blue Mountains, Wollongong and Shell Harbour until 11.59pm on Friday the 30th of July. And this is all, of course, to limit the spread of the COVID-19 Delta strain. Now, I guess that's a, an opportunity to say, well, how are we going at limiting that spread? Where are we at with cases? Well, here we are. A little more than a month on from when an unvaccinated limo driver uh, became 
the uh, the crux of this outbreak. Here we are, um, as of 8pm on the 18th of July 2021, with 1,171 locally acquired active cases in New South Wales. 1,171 active COVID-19 cases in New South Wales. They're locally acquired. There's currently 41 overseas um, acquired cases that are active in New South Wales as well. Now, just to give you a bit of a uh, an insight of the last 24 hours. So this is the 24 hours to 8 p.m. on the 18th of July. There were 98 new cases, uh, 61 of them from a known source, 37 from an unknown source. And there was about 20 of them infectious in the community. Now, this is the number that Gladys Berejiklian, the Premier, keeps talking about that we need to get down. It's not necessarily the 98 cases she's worried about because the vast majority of those are already in isolation. They haven't been circulating around the community. They haven't been to a supermarket or um, a butcher or um, a bank or anything like that. So they're not a concern. They're already in isolation. Now, they're mainly close contacts, family members, things like that. The 20-odd number, 20, 28, 29, you keep hearing that number that have been infectious in the community. That's the number that needs to get down to zero because until that they can get that number down to zero or close enough to zero, we're going to keep having these venue alerts, opens it up to exposure if other businesses open, and then we're just in a, in a mess. Now, I've got a big question mark about how we get this thing down to zero because as we know, um, a lot of people don't know they're infectious uh, with COVID-19. They don't have any symptoms in particular. Then they find out that they are indeed positive because they might develop some symptoms or they get tested for whatever other reason. And then we go back and find out, well, they were at Coles and they were at Woolies and they were at the BWS, not knowing that they were infectious at the time. Um, it's a pretty vicious cycle. And I don't know, I'm a little bit worried about if we can get down to anywhere near zero by July 30, but um, I guess we'll wait and see in relation to that. Now, uh, where are we at at the moment in regards to uh, Penrith and locally acquired cases in the local area? What I can tell you is that there are indeed cases in Penrith. Um, we've got nine active cases at the moment in Penrith. Um, so that's uh, that's nine active cases in the Penrith local government area. And of course, the local government area, best way to uh, describe it, if you pay your rates to Penrith City Council, or if Penrith City Council picks up your bins, you are in the Penrith local government area. Now, nine cases, two of those are from an unknown source. So that's obviously a concern. Uh, two of those from an unknown source, but nine cases in Penrith. Now, there hasn't been an explosion of cases in Penrith. That is the good news. But we did see some venue alerts pop up in relation to Penrith. Now, I won't necessarily go through all of them, but just to give you an example, you, you can see these on the New South Wales Health website, and you should regularly check the New South Wales Health COVID-19 website for the venue alerts, but we will alert you of any local alerts that pop up on the Weekender Facebook page and our website at westernweekender.com.au. Uh, but just um, a couple of examples for you. Uh, Bunnings Penrith, um, the that popped up the Jamison Town store, uh, popped up uh, 15th of July um, on the list, and it's relating to an exposure between 9am and 10am on Saturday the 10th of July. It's a casual contact venue, so that means that uh, if you were at that uh, venue 
Bunnings, uh, the Jamison Town store on the 10th of July from 9 to 10 a.m. Then you need to get tested and self-isolate until you receive a negative result. Uh, Westfield Penrith Plaza, the ground floor food court there, 12.30 to 1.30 on Saturday the 10th of July, also a casual contact. That's the same with the Woolworths Penrith, uh, same time frame. Uh, the Woolworths Penrith Plaza store, that is, from 12.30 to 1.30 on Saturday the 10th of July. Um, we had the earlier one as well, uh, going back a fair way now. Uh, the barbecues galore in Penrith, uh, 2.30 to 3.45 on Tuesday the 6th of July. That was actually a close contact venue, uh, so we did see... Uh, anyone who was there at that time having to isolate for the 14 days. Uh, so they're, they're pretty much uh, done with their isolation now, any of uh, those people. So, look, you've got to keep in contact with that uh, that um, Health New South Wales website, New South Wales Health website, because it updates you on all of the relevant cases. Um, there was, uh, of course, we saw a couple of restaurants and cafes um, impacted as well. Um, the most recent one for the Penrith LGA actually comes out of Colleton, and it's the uh, Shell Cafe and Convenience on the Great Western Highway, 88 to 90 Great Western Highway, and it's a um, it's a short time frame at 6 a.m. to 6:20 a.m. on Tuesday, the 13th of July, and anyone who attended the Shell Cafe and Convenience at Colleton um, between 6 and 6:20. On Tuesday, the 13th of July, is considered a casual contact and must get tested and self-isolate until they receive a negative result. So uh, that was the latest venue alert for the Penrith local government area. Um, there may well be more, and it's important that you keep up to date with all of that um, right across uh, the websites, uh, New South Wales Health, of course, but also the Weekender will keep you up to date with that. Right, now let's talk uh, business help and, and individual help because a lot of people um, will have lost their jobs during this period. There is no doubt about that. Um, hundreds of thousands of people um, would have lost their jobs in Penrith. Um, that number, probably well over 100,000, at least in the tens of thousands um, who are without work at the moment. Now, um, hopefully, they'll all get their jobs back once uh, this is done, although there may well be some businesses that don't return. But there is some help available. Now, for individuals... At a personal level, if you've lost more than 20 hours of work a week, uh, you can get $600 uh, from the federal government. Uh, now, you apply for that through Services Australia. So you can get $600 a week um, during this period if you lost more than 20 hours. If it's under 20 hours, it's uh, $375 um, a week. Now, as I say, that is all done through Services Australia or Centrelink, if you want to call it that. And um, I've been told that the application process is not only pretty simple, but it's pretty quick. So um, you, you'll get approval on that um, as soon as you enter all your details and the details of the work you've lost and whatnot. Now, there's support for businesses as well. Um, a payment of up to $15,000 um, is, a, is a business grant that's been made available by Service New South Wales. Now, this became available today to apply for um, if you'd had a revenue loss of, uh, of, of 30% um, or more in your business. Now, uh, the application's open this morning. They've had to close them uh, because there's just been an absolute surge in applications. Um, but, but look, just keep going to the Service New South Wales website and you'll be able to apply for that. Now, in addition to that, uh, from next week, there will be the uh, the new Job Saver program. It'll launch. Now, the government will essentially pay 40% of a business's weekly payroll, up to $10,000. 
if they've suffered a significant revenue decline. And that revenue decline is 30% um, based on a comparative period to 2019. So forget about 2020. We know that that was obviously impacted by COVID-19. Uh, but if, um, if in this period... June, July 2019, you are doing 30% more than you're doing now, then the government will pay up to 40% of your payroll, up to $10,000 a week if um, if you are eligible. So that'll become available next week, um, and we'll see all of that. Now, um, there's no JobKeeper. The, uh, the New South Wales Labor Party is certainly calling for JobKeeper to be reinstated, and I guess there is an argument for it when you consider that Victoria is also in a lockdown at the moment. So the two engine rooms of the economy are in a lockdown, in Australia, um, JobKeeper was the thing that saved the economy last time, so perhaps there's an argument for that. But at the moment, the federal government ruling out reinstating JobKeeper. But look, the two places to go. Keep it simple. If you're an individual, you want to go to Services Australia um, and sort out your payments there for while, um, while you're out of work. And for businesses, you want to go to Services New South Wales. Last year, for businesses, everything was handled or most things were handled at a federal level. This time, it's a state level all through the Services New South Wales website. So make sure you pop in to those and get the assistance that you can get. Now, I want to talk sport as well uh, because, look, we hear a lot about the major sporting codes, and I'm going to talk to you a bit about that as well, but, geez, the um, the, the, the amateur sporting codes, uh, just community sport, uh, really doing it tough. Now, I'm sure there'll be announcements to come from all of the various organizations, be it netball or um, soccer or uh, junior rugby league, Oztag and whatnot, about what they do. They'll all have different methods once lockdown is lifted um, as to whether they continue competitions, whether they call it a day or whatever they're going to do. Uh, it'll basically depend, I guess, on um, on how long this lasts for and whether they can get the rest of the games in. But at the moment, community sport can't go ahead. Um, so that's, uh, that's disappointing. Now, at a, at a higher level, we have seen the NRL and the Penrith Panthers relocate to Queensland. Um, so a pretty incredible effort by the NRL last week to, within a couple of days, relocate the entire competition to Queensland. And yes, it does mean the Penrith Panthers are based up there too. Now, the Panthers are on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, they played at Suncorp Stadium uh, yesterday, of course, uh, beating the Warriors. And they'll play at Suncorp Stadium again on Saturday night uh, when they play the Broncos. Now, that's technically a home game for Penrith. Look... It's a bit weird, I think, that this game's not being played at Sunshine Coast Stadium, um, given that that's where Penrith is based. But I think at the moment, you just kind of have to accept that these random things are going to happen uh, to keep the NRL alive. Now, for Panthers members, uh, there will be credits applied to your membership for next season. So, um, at the moment, you would have missed out on the Eels and Broncos games if you're a full-season ticketed member. Uh, the value of two games, essentially, will be taken off your price next year, and, and so on and so on, if it ends up being three or four games that you end up missing out on. I think that the NRL, look, even though they've said we'll stay there for a month, they've already got through one round, so three rounds to go. There's a good chance that they'll be in Queensland in this um, hub-like situation until the end of the season, and then maybe the finals could return to Sydney. Certainly the NRL and the state government would be hoping the grand final can be played in October at, um, at Stadium Australia in Homebush, but we'll just have to see. And we'll have to see how it affects the Panthers and, uh, and, and their campaign. Of course, one of the premiership favourites this year, uh, but they'll be playing away from home. Now, the significance of that too, by the way, is that Penrith haven't lost at Panther Stadium since 2019. Uh, they were about two years since they've lost at Panther Stadium. So um, pretty remarkable when you consider the fact that um, 
that they've had such a huge run that they've now got to play away from Penrith and try and keep up this um, this form that they've been in for the last couple of seasons. But we'll see what happens there. Um, we've seen, of course, the GWS Giants. They originally relocated to Melbourne. Now they're in Queensland. They continue their campaign in the AFL. They played the Swans actually over the weekend and had some COVID dramas that game because players had been to uh, to different exposure sites and whatnot. Uh, so look, th- these are the troubles that, um, that sporting codes are facing at the moment. But obviously the big codes are going to try and push through, um, do things in unique ways. The NRL certainly doing that with uh, with its method um, of running from Queensland. So we'll just see what happens there over the next few weeks. Um, at the moment, it's all systems go for the NRL. But let me tell you, if there's a problem in Queensland, some sort of issue, um, then, then I think the NRL is um, is in some troubled water. But at the moment, it marches on, and they'll just be hoping they can get through the winter and, um, and into the spring and, and play that final series and the grand final. Now, vaccines. Let's talk vaccines. If you are eligible for a COVID vaccine, the uh, the big request is to get it. Now, the Australian Technical Advisory Group on Immunisation, that's a TAGI, you might have heard Scott Morrison mention these, recommends the COVID-19 Pfizer vaccine as the preferred vaccine for those aged 16 to 59 years old. But the AstraZeneca vaccine can be provided to people from 18 to 59. If you are aged 40 years or more, you are eligible for a vaccination. The questions um, will help you find the right clinic and make a booking on the website. So um, I'll give you that website in just a moment. Now, if you're aged 16 to 39, you may be eligible for a vaccine. There's a whole bunch of questions there that um, that depend. Um, now, if you do want to get AstraZeneca and you're under the uh, that 59 mark, uh, you can. You just need to talk to your GP. Um, about the risks involved, and then um, make a decision And if you want to get the AstraZeneca vaccine. There's a lot of controversy over this, but look, a bit silly to be having debates about which vaccine is, is better and things like that. There will always be a situation where there's a recommendation, but, um, but both are effective vaccines, there's no question about that. You just need to speak to your GP and get the right medical advice as to which GP, uh, sorry, which vaccine you should be getting. Now, what you want to do is jump onto the COVID Vaccine Health Direct website. Uh, it's covid-vaccine.healthdirect.gov.au. Uh, now, you head on there, and there's an eligibility checker there, and you'll be able to put all your details in to see if you are eligible for a vaccine now. Um, and if you are, you can book, and you can go and get that vaccine. Now, I'll just have a little bit of a say here on um, on vaccines. I think that there's um, a lot of talk in the community and a lot of drama and a lot of issues about vaccine hesitancy, and a lot of it comes from people who aren't traditionally anti-vaxxers. I think we know that there's some anti-vaxxers out there, you're not going to change their mind, you know, they are what they are. There are people now who have got their kids vaccinated, who have got vaccinated themselves for all sorts of different things, and now are really wary about this. And look, I just think, guys, I'll just say this, um, trust the science, trust the doctors, don't trust someone who is basing everything off a Facebook account or some random website link that they're going to send to you. Um, there are so many holes in the stories around um, what what vac- this vaccine supposedly does and what it is or isn't doing and all this sort of stuff. It's just, it's all a bit silly, but what you need to do is talk to your doctor. You know, if you trust your doctor, you go to your doctor if you've got a a cold, you go to your doctor if you've got a a flu that you you need to get sorted out, get a flu shot, you go to your doctor for everything else, all your other ailments. So how about you trust your doctor and not your mate with a Facebook account? I think that's the best advice. Um, Try and wipe out the noise, go speak to your doctor. He or she will then advise you on, well, yes, 
vaccine's all good or for whatever reason vaccine's not all good for you and which vaccine as well but look all i can implore people to do and i'm not going to sit here and and and, uh force vaccines down your throat but i will say this talk to a professional um the people who say do your research i don't even know what that means what does do your research mean does it mean look at some weird websites and you've researched it and you agree with it i I don't know but you can find some really official resources and and research and whatnot i mean on the internet, if you want to prove that aliens existed or that the, the Earth's flat, you could find it online. So just remember that before you, you believe things that you might necessarily see online because there's some real misinformation out there at the moment. It's a huge concern. A lot of it is spreading via social media. So I can just implore you to please um, follow the advice of the medical professionals and importantly, your doctor, who you'd go to for everything else. So why don't you trust your doctor on this one as well? See what they've got to say about the COVID vaccine. Now, the Western Weekend, I want to talk about ourselves just for a moment. Um, our team's working from home. Uh, COVID's safe. Uh, really important that we work from home uh, during this time. Uh, but we're still operating. We're still printing. Now, you might remember last year, uh, we actually had a period where we didn't print the paper. I think we know a lot more about COVID now. We know a lot more about being able to operate in a safe environment. So the print edition continues of The Weekender. Um, Hopefully, you get that one at home. If you don't, you can get a digital replica emailed to you every single Thursday. You're actually the first people to get the paper on a Thursday morning. Just head to our website, uh, westernweekender.com.au, and you can subscribe. But of course, we've got our uh, news service running uh, digitally as well. Westernweekender.com.au uh, is the website. And of course, you can follow us on all the socials um, on Facebook, facebook.com slash westernweekender, Twitter, twitter.com slash wwpenrith, and Instagram. You can find us at westernweekender as well. So we're here to keep you informed. Um, we've got a lot of businesses that are still operating in weird and unique circumstances and um, who are advertising with us because it's important that they stay connected to the community as well. So Penrith's in a really fortunate position. It's got a local newspaper that, um, that continues and that um, continues to service um, some vulnerable members of our community as well. There are people, by the way, um, sometimes it can be easily forgotten about um, in our community, particularly the elderly, who don't watch the 11am press conference every day, who don't have social media, who don't follow all the websites and venue alert lists that pop up on their phone and whatnot, and and often print newspapers are are their source of information. So uh, we've made a decision that we will continue to battle on uh, during this period. And I say battle on because obviously with pubs not open and clubs not open and no entertainment, no events, um, advertising uh, can be difficult during this time, but um, it's important that we march on. And I want to say a big thank you to all of those businesses in Penrith that are continuing to advertise with us. Uh, It means the world to us because it means that we can continue providing um, such an important news service to the local community. All right, well, that's it. That's the latest edition of Weekender Wireless. I think we all know the situation um, at the moment. It is pretty much stay at home unless there is uh, a real reason to leave, whether it be uh, for shopping or work or something like that. The other thing I want to say as well, um, this is probably one of the more important things, make sure you're out there and supporting local businesses. Um, Those takeaway options from some of our favorite restaurants, look, they're not making a lot of money on this, guys, because they're they're not making the the money they'd usually make inside when you're buying a few drinks here and big groups and whatnot. But whatever you can do, um, we've made Friday and Saturday nights takeaway night in our place. We've tried a lot of them around town. Uh, Checho's, they've got a great great menu. Uh, Elton Chong's got a great menu for uh, for takeaway as well. Um, All your pizza places, your Italian places, Places, your Indian, Chinese, there's so many fantastic options at the moment. Um, so, guys, head out there, 
support those businesses they really need it at the moment and when things open up again um, you helping them during this period is going to be what ensures they can open up again Um, so make sure you have a look at those takeaway deals try a few different places Um, there's a lot of them advertising in the western weekender at the moment um, so make sure you browse through there or you can of course look at the different um, websites for all the different restaurants and whatnot the delivery apps as well um, they're, they're obviously very busy at the moment lots of Penrith restaurants on there I'm sure most of the restaurants would rather you book directly through them but um, current circumstances I think uh, any business that they get is good so uh, make sure you check out all of the delivery apps as well a reminder westernweekender.com.au a print editions out Thursday and Fridays thank you very much for joining us for the latest edition of Weekender Wireless stay safe stay home we'll see you soon